It's time for episode 282 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast with more gears than your great uncle's old pocket watch. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my co-host, good pal, good buddy, it's Dan the Man Morin. Hello, Dan. Hi, Micah. There, is there something, that, I'm trying to think if there's something that rhymes with your name, Micah the Lichen Sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's different. There you go. There I like it. You're, yeah, you're loving it. Uh, I'm loving it. It's great. Uh, you know what else I'm loving? I'm loving that we got some great guests here on this show. And I'm excited that to my left is the one and only host of NosillaCast and writer at podfeet.com. It's my pal, and hopefully yours, Allison Sheridan. How are you doing, Allison? I'm doing good, Micah. Was it Casey last week who predicted that there would be, uh, maybe it wasn't Casey, I forget who it was, predicted that there would be a listener on the show. Well, I'm a listener too, so it counts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. James Thompson, you heard it here. We've got Allison as the yeah. listener and the host and the and the guest there, host. I was my understanding there would be no continuity. Uh <laughs> And to my left this week, it's the design lead at Shopify and the co-host of the Layout FM podcast. Returning to the show, it's Kevin Clark. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It feels good to be back. Oh, we're so glad to have you. We are glad to have you. And you know how this works. We've got those two guests, these four topics, and it's time to kick things off. All right. The next round of emoji uh, have hit that final list. There are going to be 230 uh, in, in 2019 coming this year. So my question for you, with so many characters being added yet again, how do you think that companies like Apple, Google, Twitter, and others can improve upon emoji search? How can we make it easier to find these bajillion emoji that are, are being added to our phones and, and other devices? Allison, we'll start with you. Well, this was really easy. Make them bigger. I need to be able to see what they are. I'm always thinking, oh, I'm going to be all clever. That was like crying with the head tilted. And then I look at it. It, it comes up real big, say, on uh, on messages. And I look, and it's actually like a devil with a pitchfork or something, you know, because I can't see them. Uh, now, I'm not a senior citizen quite yet. I don't think I count. Um, but I do get AARP discounts. But there's a whole bunch of us out there that can't see any of these things. And I think it's it's really hard to be able to tell whether you've got the correct clever one if you can't see it. So what I was thinking, maybe they could do like the way they do the zoom in the dock, you know, the, the mm, magnify thing, mm. that as you slid your finger over it, it showed you what it was without actually sending it. I think that would be that would be kind of nifty. Um, that doesn't necessarily help me search for it, but at least I'll know if I found the right one. I like that, the sort of pop-up keycap thing. Yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, uh, yeah I like that. To, to that, I will say... Improving emoji search would be best if they added, you know, search, because uh, <laughs> that'd be handy. Mac OS does have it. You can type in a name of an emoji, but although 
then you have to know what the emoji name is, right? Like, I might have a very different understanding of what that emoji is called than what the system thinks it's called. And sure, there are some things where it's kind of, you know, neutral, like, you know, a uh, a cat is is probably pretty easy. But like, how do I describe that face? Is it crying with joy? Is it crying with anger? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the iOS is, is massively lacking any sort of emoji search. And as we get more and more of them, it is so unwieldy. Uh, they do give you those like favorite recently used ones up at the top. Uh, although I wish there was a way to like pin um, your most frequently used ones as well and say like, oh, you know, these are like the 12 emoji I use all the time. Just always keep them at the top. Um, but those two things together, I think search is a must do. If there's no search for emoji in iOS 13, Apple is doomed. Doomed emoji. Doomed. <laughs> well, they do sort of have it though, right? If you write the word heart, it'll show you the heart emoji yeah. you can replace it with. Yeah, if but like, lucky. What, if, what if there's like four different ones? That's the problem. Like, you know, face is not going to always work, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I will say that Slack like lets you do the like colon and then the name of an emoji. And there's an app called Rocket on Mac OS, which lets you bring that to the rest of the system, which is kind of nice. Yes. So, yes. yeah, something like that were maybe better auto suggestion too. I've taken like four. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, it was very fun for me to sit there and watch you. <laughs> Snipe off snipe every off single all the, yeah. one of my items. Uh, <laughs> but so I agree with everything that everyone said. Um, I think they really do need to find, like, to add more keywords for each emoji, basically, so that, um, I don't know, I, I think the classic example is the peach one is, like, also some people use it, like, for the butt emoji. So <laughs> having, like, all these keywords, uh, one that I search all the time that because I'm used to typing it on, uh, on Slack, it's like the tada emoji, and somehow iOS like doesn't recognize that as the same emoji, um, so that doesn't work. So hopefully, like bringing more keywords, more tagging to all these emojis, so that they do uh, come up in the suggestions when you type them. Um, and I say, I would say, like my other one that hasn't been mentioned yet is better categorization. So here's a game for you: if you're looking for a cat <laughs> face emoji. Is it in the the uh, person category or is it in the animals category? Ooh, it depends what kind of cat face. See, because the one that's got like six different emotions, I think, is in the person category, yeah, but I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yes, it is in the person category, but it's so confusing because you also have the uh, monkey face emoji, and that is the in the Whoa. animal category. So, no way that to know. A cat thinks they're people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think they really need to rethink their categories um, and just figure out something that's more predictable. Uh, all good, great answers there. I think um, so. I, I have been using the Quick Type keyboard to help me find emoji, but there is that that thing. Especially Tada is a perfect example of that. Um, when I say Tada, I want that little party popper dealy bob, um, and I don't get that, and so that makes me sad. But <laughs> um, I I think that adding more keywords is a great idea. Um, I like Slack. I think. All of these companies could take a page out of Slack's playbook too with, because one of the things that's the reason why there are 230 new emoji is because there are lots of new skin tone modifiers and, um, and some, some gender modifiers are being added for different, uh, characters. And so if we could set our defaults, um, like you can in Slack for things like skin tone and, 
not have to do that individually for each emoji uh, the first time you sort of update to the new thing. That would be great. Uh, and then maybe too, you know, if if we've got a quick type keyboard that's already learning your habits to try and figure out what you want, maybe it can also learn what you tend to select if you do choose one of the sort of relationship or group emoji. So just being uh, smarter about saving our preferences, I think, is great. And then from there, uh, Kevin's idea about adding more keywords for each of the different emojis so that the QuickType keyboard gets better about that, I think, is a great idea. Uh, thank you so much for your responses on that and for Dan taking nine of our answers. Allison Sheridan, <laughs> what topic do you have for us? Well, I'm just excited I learned about Tada just now. I'm going to use it everywhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'd like to hear you guys describe a task you needed to do where you probably spent more time choosing a tool in which to do it than you actually spent working on the task. I've got nine different tasks, which are all of your tasks that you were going to pick. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I was thinking about this, and I think the the first one for me was when I first started freelancing. Um, I had to find a way to keep track of my like uh, assignments and budgets. And I spent a long time trying to find the perfect tool for this task. And I kept downloading. What I really wanted in, in reality was a version of the old um, FileMaker had a simplified database program called Bento for many years. I was like, oh, that's what I need. I need like a really simple like database app for my computer. And so I spent like forever trying to find like the perfect database app that would let me do exactly what I want. I could store like my contacts for my freelance work and the assignments I got and then invoices and when I got paid. And like I spent a really long time like working on it and nothing was quite right. Like I spent I kept playing with all these tools and be frustrated with the way they worked or the way they didn't work. Um, and it just took me like. You know, I spent like weeks doing this when in reality, what I ended up doing, which was what I should have done from the start, was just using numbers. <laughs> and it's turned out that numbers has been the perfect tool for that. And it doesn't tick every little box, but it definitely works uh, with the way that my brain works and helps me really keep track of all that information, which is so critical when you're a freelancer. Uh, and so sometime, yeah, I think it, it goes to show sort of what you're getting at here that like sometimes... The perfect tool for your job doesn't always exist and like trying to find it is kind of a distraction, whereas like you can get that job done so much more quickly if you just use the tool you have at hand. So that that was the one that sprang to my mind. Kevin, what about you? I'd say for me, <laughs> what happens is it's less so about uh, choosing the tool, but it often is about me trying to build my <laughs> own <even> tool <laughs> uh, to use. Um so I think the situation is a little bit better now, but a couple of years ago, I couldn't find a photo editing app that was uh, satis satisfying for me to use. Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe maybe I need to make it. Um, so I started designing this app um, in exactly the way the experience sh should work and figuring out like what is the perfect way to create these filters, which led me to learn like how core image worked and <laughs> low level GPU image manipulation and like complex, super complex math and everything. And it took me months and months and months. <laughs> and during that time, I didn't edit a single photo and <laughs> post anything. And by the end, I just got so <laughs> fed up with it um, that I just uh, started using the same app I was using before. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, man. That, that, <laughs> that was almost awesome. inspirational. I learned a lot, though. There so you go. Great, you learned a lot, and that's always fun. Um, yeah. I think this just describes my life, just finding some complicated, long, drawn-out process instead of just doing the thing. Uh, I kind of get obsessed with process, but... I would say pretty much any, sadly, any automation task that I've ever done uh, always ends up taking, you know, a bunch of time. So it's not exactly choosing the the tool, but it's choosing the right uh, pieces of automation to put together to simplify the thing that I'm doing. And yeah, that that's what ends up kind of taking the longest because if it means like having to learn regular expressions or something like that, then <laughs> by golly, I'll take the time it needs to take to make that happen. <laughs> and maybe it'll come up again and maybe it won't, but I'm glad I have that skill. Yeah, I've certainly thought about that before that I feel like most automation tasks end up taking me more time than the time that I would save. But what it does save me is like the the kind of repetitiveness and like kind of the boring the boringness of having to do the same task over and over again so i feel that even though i'm not really saving time i'm more happy to like not have to do that again there you go you, so you get the, i still think it's positive positivity <laughs> allison yeah. any last thoughts on that well yeah i did want to say that i got this idea from my friend david roth who spent like three or four weeks trying to pick a gtd app <laughs> In other words, not getting anything done at all. But it happened to me this week when um, I did a blog post about how I couldn't find the right uh, text editor for programming. And I had two of them up at the same time and how great it really worked to use two because then I had the best of both worlds. And that caused everybody to send me their favorite text editor. And so now I'm downloading all of those, and trying all of them, and I haven't done any programming since. Wowie, wowie, wowie. <laughs> all right, folks, we have reached halftime which means I get to tell you about our pals at Linode. With Linode, you can instantly deploy and manage an SSD server in the Linode cloud, and you can get a server running in just seconds with your choice of Linux distro resources and node location. Linode has hundreds of thousands of customers, and they're all looked after by their incredible 24-7 support team. If you ever run into any problems, you can drop them an email, give them a call, chat over IRC in the Linode community if that's easier. It's whatever suits you best. Oh, and by the way, they've got some super useful guides and support documentation. So if you just need to quickly look something up, you can do that all on your own. Their new management panel is now in beta at cloud.linode.com. This new management console is a single page application built using the cutting edge react js stack and is backed entirely by the public api it's also open source now linode has pricing options to suit everyone plans started a gig of ram for just five bucks a month and they've got a high memory plan that starts with 16 gigs of ram linode has a special offer just for you as a very listener of this show you can head to linode.com slash clockwise and use the promo code clockwise 2019 to get 20 dollars towards any linode plan now think about that on the gig of ram plan that's for free months and with a seven day money back guarantee you have nothing to lose so give linode a try today that's linode.com slash clockwise with a promo code clockwise 2019 to learn more sign up and make the most of that 20 dollars credit thanks so much to linode for their support of this show and all of relay fm dan morin what have you got for us 
All right. I was amused by the story I saw going around this week about a professor who found an Apple IIe in his dad's attic, booted it up, and it not only worked, but like prompted him for a save game on like a floppy disk, which it actually found. It was sounded kind of awesome. So my question for you folks is what piece of vintage tech do you wish you could just turn on and pick up right where you left off? Or if you alternatively, what saved game of your childhood or younger life do you wish you could jump right back into? Kevin? I actually never really looked into this very much. Um, so this was a good opportunity to do that. Um, and one of the earliest games I remember playing is this game that I now know is called Star Wars Dark Forces. Oh, yeah. Um, which I like didn't know. I didn't remember the name or anything about it. Like, I don't even think I had the actual game. Like, it was just some kind of, you know, fell off the back of a truck kind of situation. <laughs> um, and it is this amazing Doom style Star Wars game. Uh, the graphics are absolutely incredible. I remember I was super young when I played this. I didn't understand anything, but I was so obsessed by it. I would spend hours and hours on it. And uh, you know what? I dis- while researching this, I discovered that uh, you can play it today. Um, <laughs> can download it on stream. So uh, I might, uh, might do that after this. Very cool. Uh, for me, <laughs> I have this ongoing sad relationship with um, Zelda Ocarina of Time. Because when I was a youngster, um, I played that game and I would get through to when time, when he like moves to the future and uh then i would save the game and three different times my youngest brother while the gamecube because we had it on the gamecube was turned on he would pull the memory card out of the gamecube which oh, erased no. the game i kid you not he did it to me three beep 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 times <laughs> and i like vowed i would never play that game again because it just was so it made me so angry however if I could turn on a GameCube right now and be at that that stage again in the future, past the dadgum water temple, I would happily uh, pick that game up again and, and start from there. Allison, what about you? You know, I don't actually have... Well, I'm not a gamer at all, but uh, thinking about vintage tech, I don't want to go back and actually use any of the old vintage tech at all. But what I want is that feeling of the first time I used mm. that piece of tech. Like, mm. I got a titanium PowerBook G4. And I mean, that's probably in the top five days of my life. I mean, it was just, it was just glorious. Buddy of mine bought one at the same time and we sat there together talking to our new precious. And it was just, it was just wonderful. And I think about the first time I used Lotus 123. It was the first spreadsheet I ever used in the ancient days before any of the rest of you were born. And it was just, glorious the whole concept of a spreadsheet it was just overwhelmingly wonderful so i i want the old tech just to have that feeling once again of when it was new and when it was amazing that's that's what i would say i'm first of all flattered that you think i wasn't born when lotus one two three came out so i'll take that um i was very young though so fair um for me hardware wise i I like i love allison's answer about like the first time you turn something on because i can still sort of think back to my earliest, my first Mac, the Mac LC, and like just being blown away and so happy because like that was the first computer we got. I was like 10 or 11 and it was just like amazing. I got uh, chills when you said that. I uh, really did. It had a color oh, yeah. screen. It was so cool. Um, but the uh, also the game I would pick up would probably be 
I'm not sure which iteration, but one of the versions of Escape Velocity, the Ambrosia game, which I played incessantly with several friends. And we would just like, I mean, it was like, it was not designed as a co-op game because that was not as much a thing in those days, but it was like a couple of us crowded around, you know, the monitor and like picking out our trade routes and flying our little ships around and getting attacked by pirates and stuff like that. Uh, and you can still boot some of those uh, and there are some decent um, uh, homage games that are out there as well. But like, if I could just open up to like the Escape Velocity game where I was like super had like super awesome ships and just tons of money and was like leading this whole fleet of of spaceships, like that would be that would be amazing. But thank you all for your answers on that. It was a nice trip down memory lane. Let us go to our last topic, which comes from Kevin. Yeah. So I kind of want you to. Uh project yourselves in the future a little bit. Um, so for iOS 13, if you could redesign any of the default apps that come with iOS, which one would it be and what would you change? I would redesign the Notes app. I'd remove that stupid texture that's in the background of the Notes app. And I would change that A oh my God, back yes, to <laughs> a beautiful A instead of that ugly A that's there. And I would also make it... Uh, impossible for people so i don't know how i guess machine learning so new siri magic make it impossible for people to use the notes app to post uh text-free messages (laughs) on twitter because i'm getting sick of it (laughs) allison what would you change because i'm good well i can't believe you left me the home app I mean, I, 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 I had to put three other apps in there because I figured I couldn't possibly get it going Aww. after you. But home app. That, that's okay. Dan can pick all the other ones. <laughs> after he snaked ours. Uh, I'm always lost. Always, always, always lost in that app. I mean, I now understand scenes versus automations. And they make sense to me, but it took me like a year or two to finally grok what that meant. And now I'd like, I'll be telling a friend of mine, Oh yeah, you get the, you got those hue light bulbs. Oh, look what you could do. You could create a scene and then an automation. And they're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I can't find my devices. Uh, right now it says there's an unknown eye device in Steve's den. I have no idea what it is. We've it's crawled coming around from but- inside the house. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we probably put it there, but so that doesn't mean it's actually in Steve's den. It's not like it's geolocated. So I don't know where it is. And I don't think we have another iDevice. So we don't know what it is. We're afraid of it, though. Oh, my. That's that's probably for the best. Uh, I will pick the Mail app. I have a love-hate relationship with the Mail app because I still need email for lots of things. But there's nothing more disheartening than waking up in the morning and being like, ah, oh, 13 new messages. And then being like, these are all terrible. Like These are not useful. This is all junk or just things from like lists I'm on. I would just like a smarter mail app. Uh, the mail app feels like it hasn't really changed that much in many years now. Uh, and it's kind of like, I mean, there are third party mail apps, but by virtue of being, you know, free and included with every iPhone, uh, the mail, Apple hasn't really had an incentive to change its mail app. So, I kind of would like to see them, you know, add some more options in terms of things, simple things from like allowing you to have different color flags um, to doing some of the smart inbox stuff that Google does in Gmail where it's like, oh, yeah, we realize these are things that are from like mailing lists or, uh, you know, merchant uh, merchants you've had a relationship with, but they aren't things that are necessarily high priority and filtering out stuff from like, oh, my my friends, people who I've corresponded with before, etc. So in general, I just think 
we still have to deal with email so much that it would really be nice if they brought the mail app into into this day and age. Nice. Um, so for me, I would uh, pick two additional ones that haven't been named. Um, the first one being the Reminders app, because this app is yeah. just a joke. <laughs> it's hilarious. It, ha- it has everything that we hate uh, <laughs> in it. It has the weird A's. It has the paper texture. Um, it has this strange kind of like card metaphor of cards moving around. It's just I just feel like it's such a missed opportunity. And as much as there are great uh, like to-do list apps on the App Store. Uh, good luck getting like normal people to to install those and buy those. So I think um, that would be a huge, huge improvement uh, if they redesigned this app. Um, and I'd say my second one that I would love to see as kind of a bonus would be the health app. Because I feel like, again, this is such a missed opportunity. It has so much information about you. And right now, they're kind of showing you graphs or this kind of like spreadsheet layout of your information, which I feel is just not very useful. Um, so I'd love to see them kind of like do a little bit more thinking there and see um, how can they surface useful information that I can use to uh, make different decisions in my days. Wow. Ooh, now I want that. I wasn't thinking about that, but now I want that. Uh well, folks, we have reached the end of another episode, but we have time for a bonus topic. Before we get there, though, I would love it if, Dan, you could tell us all about our pals at HelloFresh. I would be delighted, Micah. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. They have three plans to choose from, classic veggie, and family, and you won't need to spend all night in the kitchen because recipes only take around 30 minutes. So you can look forward to your HelloFresh delivery knowing dinner just got that much easier. Having everything delivered means you can spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping each week and instead spend that time on things that you love, like playing vintage computer games that you've dug up from the internet somewhere. Everything gets delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. Get out of that recipe rut. Start cooking outside of your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes in each week's box. HelloFresh was kind enough to send me a box of food, which my fiance and I made, and I want to pick out two recipes in particular that I thought were awesome. The balsamic fig chicken with sweet potatoes and mixed greens, which we had made before from HelloFresh. And it's just like, I am not a person who does pan sauces. Like, that is definitely something that intimidates me. But after having done it, Matt, I was like, oh, this isn't that bad at all. And it's delicious. It really, like, takes your average, you know, sautéed chicken up a notch there. Uh, and also a roasted pork tenderloin with lemony potatoes and zucchini. Also delicious pork. Again, not something I cook that offer, but uh, that often, but it was really, really tasty. Uh, plus, it's really nice to have like a home cooked meal instead of uh, falling back on our, our lazy pasta or uh, uh, freezer meals too. So HelloFresh definitely improves my day to day life by letting me have more delicious meals and making it not terribly hard to to make them. So, for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Clockwise60 and enter promo code Clockwise60. That's Clockwise60. There's basically six meals for free. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash Clockwise60 and use promo code Clockwise60. Our thanks to HelloFresh for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Micah, take it away. 
All right. For some reason that defies logic, you have been tasked with selecting one vegetable for the first settlers of Mars. What vegetable do you choose for them to take with them to grow and consume on the red planet? Allison Sheridan. Brussels sprouts, but only if they can have bacon, too. <laughs> Oink. Uh uh, Micah, I saw The Martian. Potatoes, obviously. Dan, why do you always steal my picks? <laughs> <laughs> Someone was going to say it. It's going to be me. Yes, of course. Um, and I also kind of want to Syracuse this question and <laughs> <laughs> basically ask about, it. does it matter of the feasibility of growing <laughs> the vegetable on the planet? No. In fact, I originally wrote it with that sort of preamble, but I did not include it in the final question. Uh, you can it be any vegetable you want. You know what? I'll go for broccoli. I like broccoli. I feel like they get a bad, bad rap. <laughs> broccoli does get kind of a bad rap, with, especially with the youngsters, the kids these days. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to choose carrots because I think they're very good. They're good for your eyes. They're good for your skin, if I remember correctly. And uh, my dogs just love the heck out of carrots. So, you know, if I'm going to be there and my dogs will be there, it'll be great. Orange vegetables on a red planet. <laughs> Orange veggies on a red planet. Exactly. Uh, well... Thank you all for your answers on that. We have finally reached the end. All that's left is to thank our awesome guests. Allison Sheridan, thanks so much for joining us again. Well, thanks for having me. It was great fun. And Kevin Clark, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was great. And Micah, we have reached the end. We shall go plant our vegetables forthwith on Mars. But until next week, we remind all of you listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.